And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's four to six A to B, competitive excellence, and the brotherhood. The plan to win uh, has never changed. So the culture here and the plan to win is always going to be here at Ohio State. Welcome back to 4 to 6 with A&B, your high state podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is Bill Landis, back from vacation with my main man, Ari Wasserman, who had hosted the show last week without me with Brian Windhorst, not going to lie, I was a little jealous. I like Wendy, wish I could have been there to have that conversation with him, had some fire takes, but it was nice listening to the two of you while I uh, strolled around Portland, Maine. It was a good time. Yeah, guy had a lobster roll in one hand and there's her face on the other That's looking right. at the ocean. That's you right. see this guy's uh, sun-kissed complexion right now. Uh, I, I don't feel bad for you, but I did miss you. I, I do wish... Um, you were on the show because a Wendy's takes could go on for five hours. You know, I told him twenty minutes. The guy went an hour. I don't think he was satisfied. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to have him on again. But you um, also probably could have been on my side here with the egregious Whataburger in and out discussion because I've been getting messages about it. What kind of psychopath? And I'll say that to his face. Thinks Whataburger's burger tastes better than In and Out's burger. Yeah, that was honestly in, in in the history of spicy takes on this podcast. That might have been the spiciest. Like Whataburger's good, you know, and it's he's fine. talking about the hours yeah. and and the wait time and all that stuff. That's not what we're, we're discussing. Which one's better? I'm talking taste and yeah, yeah. In and Outs is I think supremely uh, better than than Whataburger. But it's just like you know when you get into these arguments with people, it's like you either on one side or the other and. You know, sometimes you can't get them to cross the fence. So, uh, you know, Godspeed to him. Uh, but, you know, while I was doing the podcast, you were walking around uh, a beautiful beach. So, um, you know, I hope you're you're refreshed and ready to get going here. Uh, and it's good to have you back, man. I missed you. You're my best friend. Thanks, man. Yeah, I am refreshed. Uh, got some beach time in. It's cold up in New England, man. Like that ocean, it's no joke up there. I didn't go swimming in Maine because it was like... 58 degrees in the ocean when I was there. I'm not built for that. But I What was the temperature, Jersey. though? Uh, the temperature was like right around 70, like no humidity, very breezy. Like it was it was a little chilly. It was not what I, I was not quite prepared for. And But it also said like the week after we left, it was going to be like 93. So I don't know if it's always like the like it is, like it was when we were there. But it was not, um, it was not 
pristine beach weather, but it was nice. It was nice enough to sit on the beach, drink some beers, eat some lobster. And then I went to New Jersey and I got my ocean time in, so it all worked out. Yeah, I uh, when I was up in, in Manchester doing the story on Ryan Day, it was really, really hot. So it might have just been weird. We did pull through um, Manchester be- for a second. We but we didn't go. What's the, the Puritan back room? Is the chicken. You didn't go? So we, we, we went, but we just picked up takeout and like we ate it in the car because we were on a little bit of a time crunch. Um, so it was good, but I feel like I didn't get the full experience. I'm really disappointed in that. Yeah. You're on vacation. What kind of time crunch could, ha, were you on where you couldn't the, wait 45 more minutes? Uh, to get to the beach as soon as possible because the weather there was like a weather window we wanted to make sure we did yeah. to maximize good yeah. beach time. I only ate it in there um, fresh on my plate. I don't know what your experience was, um, but like, can I get a rating, a review? This is this is the chicken finger place in Manchester, for those who don't know, that Ryan Day grew up loving. They do family events there. It was the lead to the story that I wrote about him a few years ago. And uh, it's like a staple up there, and mm-hmm. it's like a it's a, a chicken finger is on the menu, and it's supposed to be. Or Ryan Day told me it was amazing. I went. I thought it was amazing. So we got three different kinds. We got their their regular standard chicken finger, a buffalo one, and then like a coconut crusted one, which I typically don't like coconut, but it was actually pretty. So good. you got cute. Okay, I so didn't. Got cute here's the it. thing. I didn't order it. Um, we we okay. knew someone who lived there, and they ordered it for us. We just picked it up, and we ate it out of styrofoam in the car while we were driving down the highway toward Maine. So, um, I thought it was pretty good. Like, uh, uh, under understanding that it wasn't the ideal setting to eat them, I would still give it like a solid like seven and a half, eight. And I know that if we were there, it would have been better. Because it's all about the dipping sauces there too. They've got a we bunch had of no dipping sauces. Yeah. Yeah. And the fries were actually really good. And the thing I love about the, the portions are humongous. They give you like a whole dinner plate and it's like flying off the side. It was amazing. Um, and it certainly was better than what you would get at a Cane's, in my opinion. For but sure. Again, I don't know. It probably tasted like Cane's to you because you had it in the vessel that they give Cane's chicken fingers in, which is styrofoam out of a window. So <laughs> um, it was definitely better yeah. than Cane's. It was like even in that setting and the way it was delivered to us, it was still better than Cane's. Yeah. No, well, don't tell Ryan Day you were too busy, too busy to enjoy his childhood delicacy. But did you walk into the place? Did you get the vibe? Did not. Didn't get out of the car. <laughs> Leah walked What's in. What's wrong and with him you? Up. She got in the car. We left. Okay. Um, it was still good though. It was still good. I like to go back sometime. Well, I guess speaking of traveling, and this will be a good segue, um, I'm in sunny Southern California where it was 68 degrees yesterday when I landed, and I just. Every single time I walk off a plane in, in Los Angeles or Southern California, I feel like I'm being uh, pulled up to heaven. Uh, this place is amazing. But I'm here for the Elite 11, and obviously I think that this is, uh, you know, as we're recording this on Wednesday, June 30th, the first workouts are in the evening. So I haven't gone over yet, but I'm very, very excited to watch the savior of football, Quinn Ewers, uh, in person. Um especially considering the fact that everybody he's going to be competing alongside is is also very good. And here's my take on this whole thing. He's a very good prospect. I think everybody can agree with that. My mission uh, while I'm at the Elite 11, if and when I write about Quinn Ewers, is to get to the bottom of why he is rated as one of the seven best players ever. Why he's better rated than... Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were why he's better rated than some of the other elite level quarterbacks who have come out in in previous classes. And I want to know specifically what separates him because 
there is this weird thing with recruiting where it's like you don't really know exactly what the gap between the number one overall player is and the number 12 overall player is if they play the same position. But I want to know how big the gap is between Quinn Ewers and Trevor Lawrence from a recruiting standpoint while they were seniors in high school. Um, and I, I, I've watched his tape. I've read about him. You know, I've, I've tried to watch him. I don't know if I look at the tape and go, wow, that guy is unquestionably better than what Trevor Lawrence was. So, like, what do you, what do, what do you think it is? And it's like the perfect example, and I went to dinner with um, a double date, actually. I've been nice. going on a lot of those lately. You know, you know, soon, once we get the dining room table, we will have dinner parties, and we will set up place settings for everybody as I continue to fall into the pit of adulthood. <laughs> um but the person that I was, because I never met either of these people when I went to this dinner, but it turns out that the person that we were there with subscribes to The Athletic, thank you very much, and is a really big recruiting person. So he knew who I was, which made Brittany really like me. Great. But we got into this um, discussion about, like, Cade Klubnick, who's the prospect from Austin who's committed to Clemson right now. And Cade Klubnick actually beat Quinn Ewers in the uh, state championship game this year. And Cade is rated really, really high. Uh, number 65 overall, four-star prospect. And he said when he watched the national or the, the state championship game in Texas that he believed that Cade looked better. So what is it, If assuming both of these guys are going to be really, really good, one's going to Ohio State, one's going to Clemson, I'm assuming they'll play each other again someday, and people will write stories about this, this state championship game at the playoff uh, semifinal. But what is it in your mind? And you're, you're a more tactical X's and O's, footwork. I mean, you know more about this stuff than I do. When you watch Quinn Ewer's tape, do you see somebody in that tape that is a superior athlete enough to, without question, separate himself from the other elite-level prospects, not only in this class but in previous classes? Um, No. And like, but, I, but I don't want that to come off the wrong way. Like, I, I have a hard time... I, I was on a radio show in Cleveland on Tuesday night, and they asked they were asking me about like Kyle McCord and CJ Stroud and Quinn Ewers, and like like we're and about how we're all like wondering who's going to be the starter this year, only to have whoever the starter this year is like get unseated by Quinn Ewers in twenty twenty two because Quinn Ewers has the the pedigree that you just laid out. Um, but like when I watch Quinn Ewers high school tape, but I watch Kyle McCord's high school tape, and I watch like CJ Stroud playing the spring game and what CJ Stroud was before he got to Ohio State, like I don't see a ton of difference. And maybe that's just because I'm not a quarterback expert and I don't have the kind of discerning eye that would see a difference between all those guys. Instead, this like Quinn Ewers looks awesome. He looks great, and and I do think maybe when I watch him compared to the other guys, there is like a little bit of like an, an ease with him that is maybe more apparent than the others. Like th- frankly, sometimes when Quentin Ewers throws a ball, it doesn't look like he's trying all that hard. And then it's like a dime 30 yards down the field that he like didn't have his feet set and hardly looked like he put any of his arm strength into. And it's just a dart right where it needs to be to a moving target that's covered down the field. So like, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like the, the little things of the position come a little bit easier to him than they do to other guys. But I don't know what makes him a, a quote-unquote perfect high school prospect and someone like Kyle McCord is a step below that or Cade Klubnick is a step below that or C.J. Stroud or Walker Howard, who's the number two quarterback in this class, is a and step like below that. And we're talking about really good players here. So like when we compare him, like we're comparing him to Trevor Lawrence in high school. Mm-hmm. We're comparing him to Kyle McCord in high school. So like I, with the benefit of the doubt – 
you might go, how on earth could you possibly compare this guy to Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one pick in the draft and made Urban Meyer come out of retirement? That's not the point here. The point here is to analyze them as seniors, and we're not saying anything negative about Quinn Ewers because we're comparing him to the other best of the best. But I, I, I think the ease thing is interesting, and I'm going to try to ask coaches who are running the clinic while everybody's swarming around Quinn and getting their interviews of why he didn't go to Texas and doing all that stuff, I'm going to try my best. I don't know if I'm tipping my hand here um, to talk to the people who are the ones involved in, in the coaching of the clinic, the ones who are involved in naming the MVP, the ones who are scouting the players to come. And I'm going to try my best to get to the bottom of what it is that they see and try to present that to the reader because I don't like my eye doesn't see it. It sees a very, very good player who will probably be a first-round pick one day and might win a national championship. So, like, don't take this as negative. But I don't know if I see anything with my eyes without looking through a microscope that says this guy is definitively better than Kyle McCord or this guy is definitively better than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields was. And and the whole idea of the conversation is insanity, really, when you think about it. Mm. If Kyle McCord wins the job this year or C.J. Stroud wins the job this year and is a Heisman finalist, the expectation that Quinn Ewers is going to come in and win the job, I mean, like, there's a lot behind his name right now. It's not just we're lucky to have uh, a five-star prospect committed. It's like this guy is going to come change our program, you know? Right. So, like, there's a lot of, like, I don't know, like, legend behind his name right now. There is, and, and, and yeah, and, and like I get it. I totally get it because all we have to go off of is he's a five-star prospect. He's he's the best quarterback prospect since, since Vince Young, right? Is that is that right? Do I have that right? Yeah, I think there's only been like ten or eleven. I, I don't know. Like it's a very small number since two thousand of of players who have achieved the one point oh oh rating. Yeah, you know, and I and I'll go back and I'll look at Trevor Lawrence's recruiting profile right now, but I think like him and Fields are like point nine nine. I have it up here. Yeah, Lawrence was point nine nine nine, and Fields I think might have been like point nine nine eight. Yeah, <laughs> Lawrence is nine 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 nine, and Fields is nine 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 eight. And and from a mathematical standpoint, that seems negligible completely, right? right? But course, like, is yeah. that like I'm trying to identify the gap here? I, I, it might not be any gap. There probably isn't. But one, like, right? yeah. But no, but like, what what is the thing that made Quinn Ewers go to one point oh oh? Like, what is know. the one thing? That's what I want to know. I I, it's, I think it's fascinating, and maybe I mean you can watch his high school. And we, when I say watch his high school tape, we're just watching the huddle highlights, right? We're not watching complete games, so there's there's more to the to the equation. But I also think it's quite possible that you get on that high school field tonight in Manhattan Beach, California. And it's just like very apparent to you right away that Quinn Ewers is just different than everybody else there. <laughs> I think, like, and, and then you'll know. <laughs> and then if it does, then I'm going to write about it. But I'm probably yeah. just going to be looking at the beach if there's a few. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. I, I, I don't Feldman. know. Uh, and Bruce Feldman. Um, we have a kind of a, a athletic army going tonight. We got Colton Pouncey, the Michigan State writer. We got Antonio Morales, the USC writer. And, you know, it's going to be a squad out there. Usually when I go to these camps, I'm out there alone and. I don't quite fit in with the other recruiting writers because funny how everyone know, else shows t- up when the camp is in Manhattan Beach, California. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see some people from the Ohio State beat that I haven't seen in a while. Um, but it, it, I, I kind of have this feeling, and I don't know who's going. Maybe you know this more because you're around them more. But it's kind of like whenever I, I go to camps like this, it's like the Ohio State beat, and then <laughs> national recruiting <laughs> reporters, right, and right. that's it. So like I'm wondering, like is Dan Hope coming? Like I, I, you know, I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure Berm will be there. I, I mean, Berm. Berm's gonna be there. Yeah. I know that. I but think like Mark, I'm, I'm I very. Think Mark Givler might be there. We like Mark. 
Yeah, yeah. But it's just like I don't feel like any other recruiting writer. Uh, let me say this: I don't think a beat travels quite like Ohio State. Absolutely does. not. No way. I went to the opening once in Dallas. What was it, like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, um, we were there together. Yeah, me and you were there. I think Berm was there. I think Gifford. And you was kicked there. my ass on a story there. Remember? I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We both were. I was working at the Athletic at the time, and Bill was still at Cleveland.com, and he wrote a better story than I wrote about Brian Maurer. Um, yeah. Who at the time we thought was going to go to Ohio State, then they took Dwan Mathis. Right. That was weird. That was a very weird quarterback cycle mm-hmm. for Ohio State. Yeah, but that was a good time. But it is. Yeah, it's. It's national and regional recruiting writers, and then Ohio State beat writers when you go to the, <laughs> go to these things. So, but I'm not going because uh, I'm a moron who didn't think to ask the company if I can go to California for a week. So, because the it's the Elite Eleven starting on Wednesday night, and then the opening is this weekend, right? Are you staying through the whole thing? I'm staying through the third, so three of the four nights. Okay, it's a different setup this year. Like what I, I'm, it's usually it's this massive camp. Like the Elite Eleven is a separate deal, and it kind of bleeds into the opening. And the opening is this massive thing where there's like 150 or 200 kids there. They do seven on seven camps, do a bunch of positional stuff, um, and it's like a big, big time event. This is different. It right? seems this is, a little bit smaller, smaller right? than it used to be. It's, yeah. And it's invitation um, only. Like it's it's not. You could go to a regional camp in theory before and like earn an invite to the opening, and that didn't happen this year. And this was invitation only. Yeah. yeah. And let's be honest. The people who get invited from the regional camps are usually the ones that would have gotten the invitations anyway. But sure. it doesn't seem to be as over the top. Because like when we went and covered the opening, there was like 200 prospects running around. And we had 20 minutes to wrangle as many people as we could. And it's kind of a disaster. I'm very curious to see like what the media situation is going to be um, for this. But I think more so than anything, it's just like being there and seeing it and like being in the same field as the top, you know, 15 or whatever quarterback prospects, all of which have, you know, basically made commitments, which might make this less likely for somebody to travel to. Because the opening is a great news gathering situation because a lot of times half the kids that are there haven't committed yet. So people have an opportunity to go there and be like, who are your top five? Where are you going? Where are you visiting? When are you going to commit? And all the, the stuff that, you know, makes up the recruiting updates that people love so much. But the idea of these all being committed. I, I wrote a story this week. The top 24 players at the quarterback position in the 2022 class have all committed already. So it's like, oh, wow. and then I read a story from Austin Meek um, about the, the quarterback that Michigan picked up this week. And the guy was quoted or his coach is quoted saying, you better get a spot. And he's just like committed to Michigan because he didn't want to lose a spot. So it's like there. <laughs> and that's like real. A, seems I mean, like a poor way to make your decision, but I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, at a certain point you just, you go to the best place that's yeah. available. And if, you know, all the big five, six, seven, ten schools already have commitments, you don't have the you don't have the opportunity to go there anymore. So you just do what you can. And, you know, who knows? I'm, I'm not sure. That wasn't meant to be a slight on them. It's just kind of the reality yeah. of, you know, the situation. And, and that would be the case for a lot of schools. I mean, recruits are a lot smarter than they used to be, man. They, they, they get it. And if you don't have a if you don't have a spot or you're on a spot crunch, you are motivated to commit sooner than you would have liked to because you don't want to lose your spot. So, um, yeah, but I'm very curious about that because I uh, with with Quinn because you know there's a lot of talent out there and there's a lot of uh, elite level quarterbacks who have changed college programs who have gone through this camp and have done this and I just like want to know from the people's perspective who are running the camp what they see because they know more about it than I would. And I just don't know if people – recruiting is weird because it's it's easy to track, but I think sometimes there's some context that's always, that's missing a mm-hmm. little bit. 
where it's like people just view Quinn Ewers as like the greatest quarterback in the history of mankind. And it's like, maybe that's true, or maybe it's just a point one decimal point that that is changing your viewpoint, but it's just like Kyle McCord. And it's like, because yeah. I think that Quinn Ewers' presence in Ohio State's 2022 class has taken the luster off the importance of the McCord signing. Because like, if Quinn Ewers didn't to. exist, yeah. then like people would be viewing McCord as the... I think people are viewing him as the odd man out. Where Which is crazy because he's a five-star quarterback. <laughs> he's a five-star quarterback. You got 95, 95% or 99% probably of the rest of college football would have you know, paid $500,000 of uh, NIL money, you know, to get yeah. this guy on campus. And now Ohio State's like, well, he could just transfer out right now. Stroud's the guy and yours is going to be the guy in two years. And it's just like, whoa, you know, and, and I want to go on record and say that every single time you and I in the last 10 years have tried to predict out how Ohio State's quarterback situation was going to work, we've been incredibly wrong because yep. it's impossible to predict. Um, nobody knows what they're talking about. It's all theory. And most of the time it's wrong. Um, but I will say right here on this podcast that I would don't think it's going to play out the way people are viewing it. I think the which way, is vague. What do you? How do you think the majority of the people view it? That Stroud this year, yours next year, or two years of Stroud and then yours? I think people would think that it'd be two years of Stroud and then yours, and I think that that is not how it's going to play out. Yeah. I think it's probably I think it's probably fair to assume that the most obvious way of it playing out is not going to be the way it plays out. That makes sense cuz it just like it's really goes that way. And I just don't know if I buy and maybe this is the whole point of why I'm here. But I don't know if I buy off the top of my head right now based on recruiting rankings alone that Ewers is just automatically going to beat out McCord. Yeah, I, I I I agree with you. Like as much as as fun as I think it is for Ohio State fans to to be currently rooting for a team that is this stacked at the quarterback position in the present and in the future, um, I don't think that it's I don't think it's like cut and dry. Like the because McCord has it. I think I, I, I love like Kyle McCord. I, I think yeah, Kyle McCord yeah, is great. He has it. And if I had more stones, I would pick him to be the starting quarterback this year. I just don't have it. <laughs> Every time someone asks me, I pick Stroud. But like I think Kyle McCord is good enough to be Ohio State's starting quarterback next year. It's like Quinn Ewers could be the starting quarterback of Oklahoma in twenty twenty three for all we know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, it can I mean it's exactly the type of thing that Oklahoma does too. Yep. Like I'm not predicting that, obviously, but like I just, I think now with with transfers being able to, oh, it's funny. I'm in a hotel room right now, and I'm watching. Uh, there's a TV on in the background, and there was a ad for Southern New Hampshire University. And I'm sure if you drove through New Hampshire, you saw like nine thousand billboards for that place. Yeah, isn't that where Ryan's like, that father Ryan Day's father-in-law was a basketball coach? Uh, yeah, but now it's like an online college. Like, like yeah, their whole thing is to get people to to do it online and like their student body is like, it's one of the biggest universities in the country because their entire student body does it online. I don't know if it's like DeVry. That's not the right analogy. What's university of Phoenix, I think is another one. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I didn't mean to lose my train of thought there, but it's just like, we're just talking about the chicken fingers. We got the Southern New Hampshire university advertisement. I'm in California. I'm hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know why, why this is just an open and shut case. And it's just like, what if, yeah, well, Jack Miller is just going to be the starter for the next four years, and that's <laughs> yeah, right, it. You know, right. you know, I don't know. Um, but it, it, I think it's the hardest thing to parcel out into the future of anything that you can try to parcel out in college football. 
I think it definitely is, but I there I think there is some percentage chance too that you like I said you 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 finally get eyeballs on Quinn Ewers, and it just hits you. It's like okay, you're right. This is it. <laughs> he's he's going to be the guy when he sets foot on campus. Like I think that's. I don't possible know if I'm too. smart enough for that. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I have a, a, yeah. a smart enough brain. Like I don't. It's like oh my god, this guy's footwork is tremendous, and he gets this much velocity off of his back left foot, and. He reads and progresses the seven-on-seven defense. Like, I don't know. You have to be a person with a candid eye for talent to know. But, like, it's possible that I might go there and he might just have a Cardale arm. It's like when Dwayne Haskins showed up to one of the camps. I remember remember when we went to that camp and, like, Haskins was dropping 65-yard bombs yeah. in there and it was just, like, nothing to him. And I was like, wow, that kid's arm is, like, I think arm talent is probably the easiest thing to evaluate. But I would hope, and I really do hope, like, if I could, like, pick how the story would turn out bill it would be some intricate answer or some real thing that a person who watches the highlight tape doesn't like if the answer is he's really got a great arm and has and and can throw it with ease that would be not satisfying to me yeah there has to be something else like innate to him that that has put puts him in this rare bear because because otherwise he'd just be a kid who had a ninety eight 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 ranking and still be a five star prospect. But you're yeah, like, I mean, he what, could have been the number seven overall him? player. Why is he labeled as a perfect high school prospect? He's the Jesus <laughs> Shuttlesworth of football prospects. He's just the Jesus great? of football prospects. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. It, it's just like, and like, I know that there was some drama around his his recruitment too. He was committed to Texas. He's from South Lake Dallas area. You know. I think all of that plays into it, and I think that circumstances of recruitments can change how you view a player. I think th- everything that's happening with JT Tui Malau right now is just an example of just, is he this crazy good? Or, I mean, of course, he's a top five prospect, but like I think the, the, the intrigue around him is more circumstantial based on the way that his recruitment has played out than it is about just landing the player, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just making it through six more months of recruiting a 2021 prospect is intriguing. And it takes a lot of hard work. And I'm assuming that you probably have a, a Larry Johnson story already pre-written, ready to go if this thing happens. Um, but I just, it's just insane to me because we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields here. And those guys were about as can't miss as possible. And it's like, Trevor Lawrence went to Clemson and played very early on in his career, won a national championship, played in the playoff two more times, and it was just the first-round overall pick. And it's like there's nobody that could have had a more prolific college career in terms of going right down the line. And it's like the expectations for Quinn Ewers are set higher than that based only on that one decimal point. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to, to just get to watch him. I wish I was able to watch him. He did camp at or no, he was at Ohio State. He could have shared a hotel room like the old days, man. I know, I know. I'm having some FOMO right now. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say, I liked covering the opening when we were there a couple of years ago. There's no linemen this year, so it's it's kind of a fraud of a camp, if you ask me. It's just skill, guys. No fun. Yeah, it's like a seven-on-seven seven thing. Yeah. I want to see the big guys out there, and they're not there. You know I don't need to be there. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's NIL Eve, June thirtieth, July first. The the floodgates open and all hell breaks loose on name, image, and likeness. I have no idea what to expect, um, particularly as it pertains to Ohio State. Like DJ Uyunglele was like teasing he's going to have a deal with Delta Airlines to announce on July first. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. Like I don't I don't think there's anyone on Ohio State's roster at the moment who's on Delta Airlines level. Are you breaking the rules? If you have it preset, I don't know. Like clear, clearly, there's some some behind the scenes stuff happening that, like, <laughs> yeah, like they midnight on July 1st is not when DJ Uyangla Uwe, Lay is going to. Yeah, if it's on the Delta, Delta Airlines, Delta I mean, they just had a <laughs> lawyer looking over that contract. Right. I mean, I don't so uh, it's a little bit different than getting 500 bucks for going to a, a, a helmet signing at Tommy's Pizza. You know, right, I mean, that's right. like a, that's a corporation. <laughs> But I'm wondering, like, what we're going to see from Ohio State guys on July 1st. Like, I think you'll see some guys share, like, branded logos and stuff like that. Like, Taraja Mitchell has been been hinting at a, a clothing line. I think that he wants to get off the ground with this. Um, he also hinted at the idea of maybe doing his own podcast, which I think is interesting. Um, and, and perhaps an avenue that other players might go down. But I don't know. I don't know if we're going to wake up on Thursday morning and see, like, C.J. Stroud posting about, uh, I don't know. Southwest Airlines has cheap flights from Columbus to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how long, if ever, corporate America gets involved. Like it's one thing to go to Buyer's Auto, and you know Buyer's Auto will sponsor your cat if it has a cool haircut. <laughs> like they they sponsor everybody, and I give them credit. I mean, they're out there all the time, and I don't live in Ohio, and it's like the first car dealership I think of. So they're yeah. doing something right. For sure. And I just gave them a plug, but, you know. Shout not out the buyers. I bought a car from them. You did? Yeah, nice Subaru. I remember that they had like 500 used cars from all over on that huge lot out by Marysville. And I was just like, if you want, if you want to buy a car, they have it, no matter what it is. <laughs> if you want a Fisker, they've got it. <laughs> they're not paying for this, by the way. Yeah, no, they're not. They should. They should be. Uh, but, but like, I don't know if you're going to see, like, Master Teague say, come to Tommy's Pizza for a photo session with me and get a large pizza. You know, mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff that I'm anticipating. I'm not anticipating, and I don't know if it all happened July 1. I mean, it takes time to develop these, these things, and they, you know, come to, what is it? You think Pint House? For the the kids that are twenty one or older, um, in hosting like a beer thing. Well, they're not allowed know. to in Ohio. That's part of like part part of. So the Ohio, I think everyone knows, like Ohio's nil thing got totally thrown off the rails by bullshit that happened in, in the state house. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original laws that was written prohibited Ohio athletes from getting endorsement deals with alcohol and tobacco and gambling companies. Um, 
but I don't know. Like, is the Pine House an alcohol company? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's an interesting question. Because like yeah. I knew that, but like you could still have C.J. Stroud night at Pint House, buy one chicken slider, get the other chicken slider for half off, or you know he's number seven, right? So seven sliders for seven bucks. I, I don't know. Like it's, it's not just like Budweiser. I mean. The, there's a huge industry in Columbus, Ohio for bar restaurants in the short north. And I can't imagine that 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 amendment or whatever that how would you say it? I'm not a big politics guy. That line in the bill is going to prevent restaurants that serve beer to have these guys sponsor their restaurants. I think that's probably right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, there's going to be and it'll be the thing that I'm most interested in too is like how extensive it's going to be. It's like everybody can have a logo. I saw the Graham Mertz logo, and it's like a pretty cool logo. And it's like, but how marketable are some of these players on the team? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know. How marketable is Paris Campbell? I mean, sorry, Paris Johnson. Like, everybody knows who he is. Everybody's excited about him. But uh, he's an offensive lineman who hasn't played much. And is he going to be able to sell sell stuff yet? And that's the thing that is most interesting to me. It's like everybody knows that Justin Fields would have made a ton of money. C.J. Stroud's the quarterback and, and might be the face of the program. You know, you have Chris Olave, who's a good-looking guy with a great smile. He could sell toothpaste. I, I don't know how extensive it's going to be in Columbus for the middle tier play. Because I made this point on Andy's show. We go every single year or we used to go every single year to the check-in thing, right? Yep. Or you would stand outside the Woody Hay Center fields and watch the team trot out. And there were reporters who didn't know half the players were. So, and like the other thing too, is like you can watch a state farm commercial and they have identifiers for like who Chris Paul is. Oh my God, Chris Paul of the Phoenix Suns and then Cliff Paul every single time, even if LeBron is in the Sprite commercial, there's somebody will say his name to make sure that people know who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And these guys wear helmets. I just don't. And I know recruiting is more out there, and you know what they look like and what their 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 recruitments are. But how recognizable are these guys from a face standpoint to sell a product? Yeah, I think it's a fair question, and I, and and I think that is going to be what makes I think some of this maybe a little smaller scale than perhaps a lot of people are anticipating. But like Paris Johnson has twenty thousand, almost twenty one thousand Twitter followers. Like he can monetize a Twitter account tomorrow. Um, all these guys can monetize. I have twenty. I've got thirty thousand followers. Absolutely. Can I monetize mine? I've never made a dime off mine. Hundred percent. You've never tried. Yeah, you could. If you got in line with the right brand, you have thirty thousand Twitter followers. Say, I'll do SpawnCon. Absolutely. That's what yeah. that, that's what this is going to be. I mean, it's I'm not, not as be. marketable as an athlete either. People don't care about me. I'm, they care about them. But yeah. like, I got approached. I got approached a couple years like, ago about being an ambassador for like a. a a clothing brand for like uh, for um, what do you call it? big and tall clothes? I didn't do it because I didn't think it would be right to use my work Twitter account to do that. But like that happens. We have we have large audiences. Most of these players have larger audiences than we do. Um, so that's where it's going. If to Jackson from. Smith and the Jigba walked into Kroger, do you think eighty percent of the people, even Ohio State fans, would know it was him? No. Not that that matters. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, like, no. Part I of it's like if I don't Cam Martinez so. walked into Kroger, I don't, I don't. I think you're right. But that's yeah. not what this is about. Uh, I think it's about monetizing your Twitter and your your ability to do a Twitch video or to go on Facebook Live or whatever mm-hmm. it is where people can come to you and know it's you based on your name. But I don't know. I think people are afraid that this is going to go off the rails from a brand rec- like brand recognition corporation Nike standpoint. And it's just like Andy made this good point. How many NFL quarterbacks do you see in commercials outside of Aaron Rodgers? 
Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, I you think know, it's, it's like totally really right. hard. Yeah, I, that's why I don't yeah. think uh, – it's going to be different. Like, I think if if tomorrow nine Ohio State players tweet, like, we're going to be at Tuttle Mall on Saturday signing autographs come out, like, I think we could see that. But I don't – That's what I'm but, anticipating. Yeah, but we're not going to But I don't know see, how much jack somebody gets for that. I don't know either. I actually have no idea. Um, but like, You know what would be a good story? Get your pen out. Okay, I don't have it on me. Let me get it. Here it is. Um. There is one former player, and I remember his name now. So when I used to live in Ohio, I was a big mall guy. I'd go buy clothes and look around, and I like hats and stuff, and I, I like walking around the mall. And I always would see Jeff Green. Remember Jeff Green? Mm-hmm. He's always wearing his Ohio State jersey. I think I saw him ten times in different walks of life at an Ohio State booth in, in front of a finish line or something. And he was a walk-on, right? Uh, I believe. He was a transfer or did he, from Georgia Tech, I believe. And when he transferred, he wasn't on scholarship. Yeah. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. But he has monetized his own brand after the fact. Like, he has used his jersey and his recognition as somebody who was in locker rooms that won national championships and I think has monetized that. I'd be very curious to know how much money he's made doing that. Yeah. Like are we talking a thousand bucks? Are we talking fifty grand over the course of the past three years? And I would be very interesting to me to compare that somebody who was relatively anonymous while he was on the team, who probably has great stories. He saw everything. People aren't always interested in just the person. They're also interested in like what that person saw. You know, which is why these guys make a lot of money selling insurance and doing things like that because Ohio State fans are just drawn to names that they've at least seen and know was in the same locker room as Urban Meyer during a Penn State game at halftime. Like I'd listen to Jeff Green stories. Yep. But like the majority of college athletes have the similar profile to Jeff Green, not Trevor Lawrence. For sure. But I do think like there's you know, you can bring those guys to I don't know, rotary club meetings for i don't have a better example of something like that but like so social gatherings you can bring in ohio state player x to come tell stories about playing for the buckeyes but like now it can be a current player in theory um those guys can go sign at the mall they can go to restaurants and do signings they can do camps um and get paid for those which i think are, are interesting another thing and i don't maybe this has been talked about i've too, seen like, cj stroud on instagram he's at all sorts of camps yeah well, and he's but he's not getting paid for that. But now he can. I know, but, but he now, will be but now. now he can yeah. have the CJ Stroud quarterback camp um, while he's still playing for Ohio State. I think um, another part of this too is like a lot of these guys are like huge gamers, and you can go like stream on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, and and there's yeah, an Brandon ability. Bowen. You can, but yeah, and like you can tip those people when you're watching them. It's like a fascinating setup. It's like a, a I don't quite understand how people make money doing it. People make a ton of money doing it, and now like you can parlay your fame as a college athlete even if it's a lower level of fame if you're entertaining on camera um i think you can do like become a streamer and get tipped and, and you know i saw cardell way. jones was at the state house and that's a man that would have made a lot of money if cardell jones could have made money simply by logging on live and playing call of duty for four hours every night and people could tip him and pay to watch him like he would have made a fortune alone just on that and by the way he's a big gamer i think huge gamer yeah Remember, remember yeah. the the Tyvis Powell thing when when it was like uh, Cardell Cardell Jones. We could tell Cardell Jones taking things seriously because he stopped playing Call of Duty. But then Tyvis Powell was like, "Well, he still played the game, but he didn't play it as much." Well, I still played the game, <laughs> but I remember when he beat that 
kid in the hospital yeah. at 98 to 17 or something right. in the NCAA game. Right. But I know, but like he had a dynamic personality. And the thing that I'm very interested to, and this might be another good story, I don't know if you could ever get this done, but Ohio State has spent an inordinate amount of time, and Ohio State's not unique in this. Uh, other programs do this too, coaching their players, selecting their players for media sessions, and deciding what they can say. You know, I'm, they it's not like they're telling them what to say, but they know what not to say. Yeah. There's a there's a certain and Jerry Emig is a very good um, sports information director, but he also controls that. But now, who gets picked for interviews is actually important. Like, how are you gonna how are you gonna decide that? It's like you can't just trot out the four captains over and over again because the backup offensive lineman might want his name on the internet more, mm-hmm. might want his face on the internet more, and also the more entertaining you are in those segments with the media is now in turn going to make you more marketable. If you say Cardale Jones legend happened because he did what he did on the field, but he is far more recognizable, I think, after the fact, because he embraced that and became like an internet clown, kind of. Yeah. Like, would say funny things. And I don't know if clown's the right word, but he was hilarious on Twitter and then also was super insightful and real in, like, podcasts and media sessions after the fact about things that occurred. Yeah. And it's just like now, it doesn't behoove a college athlete to sit in a media session and be vanilla and have one-word answers. It does not. And I think that is an interesting dynamic because there are a lot of programs, and I wouldn't put Ohio State in this in this boat. I think Ohio State is pretty good with its media access. But there are a lot of programs that aren't. And it's not to say that those players need us to build their brand. I don't think they do. That's just part of it. But I yeah. think it can help for sure. I think I mean, it's added exposure 100%. And I, I do wonder if those conversations start happening now. And it's not just like wishful thinking on our part. They're like, more guys are going to be available, although some of it is, I guess. But I, but I do think it's, it is a new dynamic to this. Like, But they're not dumb. They know. They know. But yeah, like you, you want to the protect more your cameras freshmen. in your face, you the better. Freshman, you don't, you don't get to talk to freshmen until they play. It's like, all right, well, this freshman has forty thousand Twitter followers. People know who he is. He's trying to monetize his brand right now, even if he's not playing. And like, we can't talk to him. I don't know. Yeah, like Tate Martell <laughs> is the guy who comes to my brain. Yeah. How many times was Tate Martell made available to the media during his time at Ohio State? Four. And one was a mandatory Rose Bowl appearance that went viral because he was able to be himself before he left. I think Tate Tate was only ever made available. He was made available on signing day when he first got on campus with the other freshmen. I think he was only ever available at like open, bowl open, open locker room or bowl, bowl games when he had to be. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like Tate Martell. I think he had a lot of fake followers, didn't he? He was but part he of the New lot. York Times story about yeah. people buying fake Twitter followers. Yeah. But he had a he had a he still to this day is a very recognizable name. He's a superstar, and it's like yeah. that guy <laughs> that guy made no money. And if you think about it, you know who who I always think about in this scenario is um, the Club Trillion guy. What's his name again? Mark I Titus. His name. Mark Titus. Yeah. That's right. That dude was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He made a hilarious YouTube video that I watch at least once a year to this day. <laughs> the Mister Rainmaker video. Yeah. And I don't know if he was able to monetize YouTube at that time because that's a weird dynamic too. Because you can anybody can put a video up on YouTube. Um, it's my understanding that athletes can't use their brand to create a YouTube channel and make money off their YouTube. That was like the thing with the kicker from UCF a few years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Braxton Miller was selling what was the Advocare. Advocare. <laughs> you know, like I I know that there were there were things like that happening, but it's just like Tate Martell could have just been like a fashion blogger. While he was on Ohio State's, like Braxton Miller could have been. Yeah, Braxton Dude, Miller. Braxton Miller, so much Miller go look at, money. 
go look at because he's handsome. And if you go look at Braxton Miller's like current Instagram, it's just him wearing Balenciaga with his shirt off. Yeah. And it's like that guy in college could have had an Instagram where he reviews and rated Jordans with a shirt off or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or these are the new Fendi loafers. I, I don't know. But like, I I don't know Braxton Miller that well. But I wonder if Braxton Miller's and like D'Angelo Russell is also like this, like where their true passion is like fashion, and then the sport was secondary almost. If you go look at like D'Angelo Russell's Instagram right now, and granted he's in the NBA and is rich, so he can do this, but like it's all about his clothes. Yeah. And now they'll be able to do stuff with that. And I don't know about this like influencer thing, but. Braxton Miller could get a pair of sunglasses from a cheap sunglass company, wear them out with his cool outfit and say, these shades bring it together. Click the link on his Instagram. Absolutely. And the more opportunity, but the, the biggest thing about Mark Titus going back to that was he was a walk on who played nothing and was hilarious and used his, ability to be in that atmosphere with a really good basketball team and being good friends with superstar basketball players despite not being good enough to play and created a brand for himself that is still carrying his career to this day. I still see he's writing columns, isn't he? Yeah. And he's, he's on like, podcasts he's, he and He works doing for things. Fox Sports now. He's got like a huge Fox Sports podcast. Yeah. Too. And he did that because he was smart enough to use his brand at the time to gain followers when nobody would have even ever heard of him if he was just one of the guys at the end of the bench that didn't say anything. So now, if you have a funny personality, and listen, I've seen these guys interact uh, in locker rooms, in open locker rooms, and they are really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that one dance that everybody was doing a few years ago? Marilyn did it. That oh, one dance yeah. where they went like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the the song was My Boo, but I forget what the dance was called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, My Boo. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like Ohio State, like Johnny Dixon is hilarious. I don't think people know that about him. Johnny Dixon's like one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. And he never... Really, the run, it was all about was how your knees doing. The running man challenge. Yeah, the running man challenge. <laughs> but like, all we ever talked about with Johnny Dixon was his knees. Yeah. You know, and maybe partially because people are still always going to be most obsessed with what their, their presence on the roster can do for their favorite football team. But Johnny Dixon was also a young, funny dude that could have said funny things. Like, I always like to think to myself, and I don't know if I'm being clear here. But if I were on Ohio State's football team, I would have been hilarious, like during interview sessions. Right. Like, I thought to myself, like, how would I answer this question? Or how would I behave? And I think they would have pulled me off the interview sessions because I would be funny. <laughs> it's like, and I know you can't say derogatory things about your opponent, but it's like, I'd be like, well, dude, we're like 39 point favorites. What are we talking about here? Like, you know, if you, like, if one person said that, they would no longer talk to the media anymore. But also, it would be the biggest story of the week, and their name would be everywhere, and it would be funny, it'd be hilarious, and they could monetize that now. So yeah. removing somebody from the public eye, in turn, is detrimental to their brand, which in turn is costing them money, and I wonder if this is going to be a thing. I do I do hope it leads, like, I think athletes are buttoned up for the most part because they are protective of their brand but like their brand is in many ways synced up with their personality and i think guys have been reticent and girls athletes have been reticent to show their personality sometimes because of that um and maybe this will help them open up a little more but it's also 
it's tricky because we also live in a time where like every little thing you say is parsed and like things can be clipped and shared out out of context. And, like we know how that stuff blows up. So it, it's a it's a danger or it's a tightrope walk, I think for sure. But I do think maybe we will see athletes opening up a little bit more, if only to help build their brand and give people an idea of what they're about in in the course of doing that. But if I were on the team, I wouldn't even say negative things about the opponent. I'd be like, can you somebody just tell? so-and-so to quit clipping their toenails in my locker <laughs> like just like funny things that would show their funny personality yeah you know yeah. it's like there's they're in locker rooms with each other all the time and things happen and insights happen that we don't get because they're afraid to say them and i think now they can profit from it mm-hmm. but like in terms of what i'm expecting to see on thursday I don't know that I'm going to see a volcano of just endorsements flooding my timeline, but I do think it's like come to Tuttle Mall and catch me at Dillard's or catch me at Spencer's or whatever. Love Spencer's. Catch me at Wetzel's Pretzels. Oh, that sounds great. Did you see that, that Runza is going to have a deal apparently with every Nebraska athlete who wants to have one? I don't know what it is because I, I couldn't read the yeah. article. But, uh, yeah, I could see like Roosters doing that in Columbus or maybe, maybe a bigger restaurant than Roosters, but... Um, and I mean, Roosters is another one that, that advertises with a lot of people, but it's just like that'd be Roosters the one that I would want. Seven I, or ten locations. Yeah, if I were in Ohio, in State Columbus, athlete, and Roosters, that's it. Roosters be the one I'd be going after. I'm trying to get some free wings out of this. But, but people are afraid that it's going to go off the rails. But it's like Roosters is still a business, and they don't have an unlimited supply of money right. to throw at the backup offensive tackle. <laughs> right. Like I mean, there's going to be a limit to it, you know. And you know, the size of the company, I guess, will will determine that. But the, the one thing that I would get into more than anything is depending on who your donors are or who your biggest boosters are in your program. And Columbus might be, they might be an advantage here because Columbus is a major city without another pro sports team in the same sport, right? They've got the, they've got the jackets, right? And they've got the crew. But yeah. I, would, I would argue that more people in Columbus, Ohio, know who cj stroud is than their best i don't i don't know who the best player on the jackets is as you've probably heard by now we've teamed up with BetMGM this season we'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use bonus code the athletic and you'll get a one-year subscription to the athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. here's how it works Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I was thinking this yesterday, and I wanted to see if you agree with me. I think that Ohio State and Columbus might like it might turn out that this is like the absolute perfect place to be in the NIL world. It is. It's a major it is. it is a major US city. It's the 14th largest city in the country. It's growing. There's a ton of companies here, Fortune 500 companies, smaller companies, national brands headquartered in and around Columbus. And while it has all of that, like Ohio State football still, a, still very much matters to the majority of the city. It's a college town in a city. Yeah. And at that and dynamic, like Austin, Texas is kind of like that. I think Austin is probably the most similar, but I don't know where yeah. else. Like it's like like USC's in LA. LA's got I don't know how many millions of people. LeBron. <laughs> like they got LeBron, and like it's LA. And Kawhi man. Leonard. Like they don't. They yeah. Don't, they don't like. <laughs> they There's don't movie posters USC. everywhere yeah, here. They don't care about yeah. USC football like that. Uh, yeah. No, I know. I know. I know. Um, and it's like you. I used to think, well, if they do NIL, is there going to be? Uh, picture of isaiah bowser on the sears tower and it's like no probably just like michael jordan ads right right yeah right. like always you but know there could be um, like the big nationwide building in downtown columbus like might have stroud number seven lit up in the windows before before the national title game yeah. or something like that yeah but it's just like the thing too and i know t boone pickens is dead um Rest in but peace. there are programs who have major 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 donors and ohio state also happens to be one of them like les wexner is one of the most wealthiest people in the entire country Mm -hmm. and if he wants to because like you can sign up uh anybody for a um endorsement deal doesn't mean you have to use their endorsement right right Mm -hmm. like that's the other that's the other thing too it's just like les wexner can pay anybody a hundred thousand dollars that he wants to sign an endorsement deal with the limited brand doesn't mean that they have to put them in a magazine. They can just sign them up for the agreement. You're a spokesperson. You put stuff on your Instagram. But if you have deep pockets like that and you're really bought into the program, and, you know, you could, there's ways that you could really get around this and start funneling some money around. Yeah. And I am very curious to know, like, to me, the, the, the helmet signings and the hosting of restaurants and come to roosters is the least interesting part of all this like i think that every college town has restaurants and every college town has tommy's pizzas and people are going to be able to to maximize the best that they can off that what i'm curious is if there's going to be a world where this goes completely off the rails and billionaire boosters can throw their weight around more because Les wexner has forgotten about more money than roosters is worth you know like the, roosters is a small fish in comparison to like what Les Wexner could do if he wanted to do it. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see if any program in the country in the next few years has a billionaire booster that we're not thinking of right now that can change their entire fortunes as a program based on signing inordinately large endorsement deals for things that he doesn't even, he or she doesn't even want to use. Like, that's the thing that I'm curious about. You know, yeah. somebody's going to make an extra 3000 bucks posting an Instagram about, you know, crest teeth whitening or whatever. That, that's going to happen. And, you know, that's fine. But I want to know, and this is the, the thing with college football all the time. I want to know what it looks like in 2030. 
Yeah. When things yeah. really are opening up. Right. Like, Thursday, it's just like, oh, come check oh, check out Taraja Mitchell's t-shirts. Like, and I hope he makes good money doing it. Or check out Graham Mertz's new logo. It's like, okay. It's like, how marketable is Graham Mertz's logo? Like, like yeah, maybe in know. Wisconsin quite a bit, but like, how much? he's not going to make a lot of money on that, is he? I don't think he's going to make a lot of money on that. I also don't think like that that particular thing is not that like Austin Mack had a logo like six years ago. You know what I mean? Like he's not the first athlete to make his own logo. I don't even know how you monetize that. I guess it's just like he's... Well, you put that on cups at at your local wing bar. <laughs> like I mean, what? Like, what? I, I suppose like everybody's freaking out. Like new world of nil. Check out this logo, and it's like okay, somebody explain to me how this is monetized. I think he has like an LLC and like that's the logo for his LLC. But like at the same time too, he can probably like slap that on some T-shirts, right? Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I I saw yeah, that okay. and was like, okay, like let's like good cool. good for yeah. Graham Mertz. I don't like he's not yeah. he's not breaking any barriers here. Like at least I didn't think he was. Um, but yeah, are you saying that like Bill Gates is going to get Washington to keep the best players in the state of Washington at the University of Washington? No, I don't know what I mean. Bill Gates has got a lot going on right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how into Washington football Bill Gates is. But in theory, if Bill Gates was a huge Husky and he's tired of seeing JT Tuimalau leaving the state and he goes and tells the Washington staff every single person that comes into or every four-star or better prospect that commits to Washington will get a $150,000 endorsement deal with Microsoft. That's within the rules, right? I don't know. <laughs> and that's part of this. Like, I'm still not totally clear on what's within the rules and what's not. You can't, you can't pay. So what you can't do is you can't pay money in exchange for a prospect to choose a school is what my understanding of mm-hmm. it. So Roosters can't call up um, who's the top player on Ohio State's recruiting board right now. Caden uh, Curry from Indiana. Yeah. So Roosters can't call up Caden Curry from Indiana and say, listen, I know you're not here yet, but we will give you a hundred grand to be the Roosters spokesperson and to come to Ohio State. That is not within the realm of the rules. That would be a very compelling recruiting pitch. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's also more money than they probably. So my, my uh, fiance is in commercial real estate and she tells me how much stores that she places make in a year. And sometimes I'm like, that's it? <laughs> like, I'm talking like Lululemon and stuff. Yeah. You know, and you would think, you see these businesses and you think, oh my God, there's a line out the door all the time. But like, they might gross $6 million in a year, which is a lot of money. But when you start tossing around 150000 here, 200000 that's not the way business works. Okay, and and we're talking about like major brands, and if you think like Tommy's Pizza is just shelling out all these pizzas, they might make a million dollars in profit a year per location, maybe. So nobody has a hundred grand to give to somebody. That's ten percent of their annual income. But Bill Gates could do it in theory, where you don't pay the kids when they come, but Jimmy Lake, and I don't even know if it's against the rules for Jimmy Lake to say. If you come to Washington, Microsoft will pay you 200000 bucks. But there's a select few amount of people in the world that have enough money to do that if they wanted to. Like, truly light their money on fire to any four-star prospect or five-star. If you're a four-star prospect, you get two hundred grand. If you're a five-star prospect, you get a half a mil. Like, Bill Gates could do that for 15 years and change Washington's program. Yeah. It's like Phil Knight did that in a roundabout way with Oregon, didn't he? 
they made Oregon cool. I know there was a lot of aspects to that with the offense and Chip Kelly and you know, but like the branding, the Nike building, the the uniforms, all that stuff changed the entire uh, aspect of where Oregon is in the sport. But I'm very curious to know if there's some crazy billionaire donor out there for Kansas State that I don't know. That's just going to be like, you know what? I own Deloitte, and every single person who comes in through the program is going to get a $200,000 endorsement deal with Deloitte. And the only thing that they have to do in exchange for that money um, is to post a Deloitte thing on their Instagram. And then that's it. I looked up notable alumni for the University of Washington because that's not where Bill Gates went. He went to Harvard. Uh, you know, and it's a nice list of people. There's some actors there. <laughs> Dude, Harvard's going to win a, a national championship. <laughs> they think about, like, didn't Zuckerberg go to Harvard? He did. Yeah, I don't think he agreed. He dropped out, he dropped I think, out. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah they started the business. It doesn't matter. Like, um, <laughs> but it has, the University of Washington has all these people listed, and then, like, part of the list is Ted Bundy. <laughs> seems okay. like a, I don't know seems if like Ted Bundy's Seems gonna... like a weird addition to your notable. Yeah, well, I guess Jeffrey he, Dahmer went to Ohio State, didn't he? I mean, like, I Yeah, didn't, uh, uh, didn't when we were getting on an elevator at the Rose Bowl in 2018, like, didn't somebody have, like, a Ted Bundy versus Jeffrey Dahmer t-shirt on when it was Ohio yes, State versus that's Washington? right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Uh, psychopath for wearing the shirt yeah. um, and psychopath for doing what those guys That's did. Right. But yeah. um, I just, I don't know if it's just me. And I know that there are people who will say, once you crack the door open a little bit, you can slam the door through. And that's true. Mm-hmm. But I don't find myself as a casual consumer of college football being that interested in the minor deals these guys are going to do. And I think that, I think it's yeah. good for them, but yeah. I don't know that it's something that I go, oh my God. Oh my God! Somebody might get a hangover easy check. It's like good for him, man. If they want to pay him fifteen hundred bucks to wear a, to, to tweet, this is the best brunch in Columbus, then that's fine. But I don't think people have a realistic understanding of how much money is going to be changing hands here. We're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Maybe for Trevor Lawrence, he can sign and endorse with Nike when he's in college, or maybe for Justin Fields or the big time athletes. But like. It just might mean an extra five grand a year for some of these guys, mm-hmm. which is nice, but it's still not going to take away from the, the the point of, um, you know, what we're thinking about college football. They still need the sport. They still want to get drafted. The real money's in the NFL, all that stuff. It's like, I think I saw somewhere that Brian Schottenstein was at the, yeah. he's a, he's a donor. Yeah. He was at the, like the governor signing the executive order. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the owner of Schottenstein's is a very wealthy man in Columbus. But, like, I also don't know how much money that man would have to sponsor random Ohio State athletes. It's like, come check out the the new sofa over at Value City. Uh, you know, Cardale Jones is slaying on the sofa. You know, who's the biggest guy? Dewan Jones goes, it's big enough for a king. And he's Actually, lying on a, on a recliner. That's a pretty good deal. I would. That's a good marketing campaign. Big enough for Dewan Jones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, like... How much money is that worth? Do people think he's going to get paid a hundred thousand dollars for that? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's, it's going to be a lot of small deals that, frankly, will lead, will combine to lead to a lot of money for some of these guys. But yeah. there's a very select few that were that are going to sign the Delta Airlines Nike kind of deals. And even if they make fifty thousand dollars, which is a lot, a lot of money, we all make fifty thousand more than fifty thousand. We're not rich. Yeah. Still, still got to do do our everyday thing. We got to, you know, 
how many boxes of cards am I buying on Target today? One? Because <laughs> I want nine, but, you know. I do wonder about not, that. Speaking of cards, I wonder if, I wonder how that comp- that industry might change with some of this. Like, because, like, like, Panini has licensing deals with colleges, and, like, after guys are done playing in the college, they print cards of them in their college uniforms. Like, are they going to start doing that now while guys are still in college? Those guys can sign and sign cards for Panini? Like, I, I think that could be interesting. How many... How much money when they resolved the NCAA uh, basketball or uh, football video game lawsuit did each kid make? I don't know. Did they all make like three hundred eighty bucks or something? I think it was pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, it was like some. So it's like that franchise is one of the most successful video game franchises in the history of video games, and it's like everybody whose name, image, or likeness was represented in the video game only made five hundred bucks. And I, I mean, I say only, I mean, I wouldn't walk past $500 if it was laying on the ground. But if people think this is going to turn into pro football, I mean, when you think about it, how many pro athletes have endorsements? I mean, all the visible ones, but like, do you, does, can anybody listening to this podcast right now tell me who the left guard of the Tennessee Titans is? The starting left guard? Maybe you. I don't, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I was trying to think. But, do I? <laughs> you know? And I just think that it's it's gonna it might go off the rails at the beginning, but I think the market will set itself, and I think it'll be very within the realm of rationality. Yeah, I think it's exciting. Like I'm I'm, I'm very my my interest is peaked on it. I I think you're right. I don't I don't know. I think most college football fans only care about like is this going to lead my team getting good better players or possibly losing good players to other places. And I don't know. I think I think we need to see this play out before we have any kind of answer on that. But outside of that, like I don't particularly think anyone really cares how much money Paris Johnson Jr. is making for doing a tweet about uh, Dunkin' Donuts. You know what I mean? So um, it's changing the sport for sure. But I just don't know what the appetite is for the average college football fan outside of talent acquisition and its impact on that. But I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we can have a handle on that just yet. Just in the in the name of not going too long. Because I know we're already in an hour. I mean, that's what happens when best friends are separated for a month. That's right. But I just don't know how deep this can go. Yeah. Like, and I and I and it's like the thing too is that there are a lot of people who are against nil inter- entirely, and I, I'm trying to figure out why. Like, what is the the main temperament of somebody who's against it? Are they afraid that it's going to be more like the pros and that there's going to be more holdouts and more people saying, I don't need this team, I make enough money as it is on Twitch? Are people going to not be less passionate about it? I know that, like, a lot of people view college sports through the Rudy lens. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my program and I would I would get my – I will sacrifice my body to be a part of this team because I love Notre Dame football more than I love my body. Yeah, it's not 1968. And it's just like, it's not like that, Okay. <laughs> These guys are using Ohio State as much as Ohio State is using them. And what you love about the sport isn't about the teary-eyed fans who are standing there like about to cry during Carmen, Ohio. Like, that's not what this is. This is a business. It's been a business. And I don't know if paying people a little bit more money than they were making, which is zero right now, is going to change the way we feel about the sport. But I do believe that right now um, this is a transformative summer. Between the transfer portal stuff, the NIL stuff, um, you know, the the new recruiting rules, I think that we're going to look back and there's going to be like revision. There's going to be history stories written about the summer of 2021. Yep. And when 2021 was the summer where college football changed, I do believe that. But I do think that once the dust settles 
and the new exciting scary thing becomes the norm it's just going to settle back into what we already love about it i don't think it's going to change that much i don't think so either like and this is bigger than cost of attendance but i remember when cost of attendance happened people were like it's going to change the count like it didn't change anything no one even talks about it anymore so like this is different i don't i don't want to compare the two equally but i do think like in three years just gonna be like oh yeah it's normal whatever it's part of it um i don't it, again, there are things that are ha- happening that are changing how we consume college football, but I still think it's going to feel like college football. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if somebody makes a little bit more money, that doesn't mean they don't love Ohio State. Like, it's not one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, too, it's like, I know people view not being compensated for a billion-dollar industry as sacrifice for your program, but you can still love the idea of doing it for Ohio State. You can still show up every day for Ohio State. You can still compete your hardest for Ohio State every day, even while you're being compensated. It's not like the love is not true anymore because they got money. You know, it's not one or the other is what I'm trying to say. And if your uh, affinity for college football was tied directly to the fact that people weren't getting properly compensated for what they were doing, like, I would re... That's a you problem. I would would recalibrate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like, I just don't understand the arguments against it. Because there are a lot of people out there that don't want it. And I don't know, maybe it's the same people who don't want to expand the playoff or the same people who still wish the bowl system from 1974 was still intact. And maybe there's just this this general type of person who is just resistant to any type of change, whether it makes sense or not. But, like, if you are sitting in your house right now, banging your fist against the table going, why are these kids getting paid? It's like, why? Yeah, why do you care? What do you even care? Like, what, what, what does it matter to you? Stop pocket watching. Yeah, it's always easy to spend somebody else's money, bud. I'll tell you. It's very easy. That's why I don't like politics. Politics, politics, politics. Is that that a good way to to get out of here? (laughs) Speaking of politics, I got some more. No. Can you just do me me a favor and get your freaking hand out of my pocket? Let me. I'll do me. You do you. You know. Uh, And, like, viva la... uh, Roosters. I don't know what the... Viva la Roosters. Uh, Viva la Spent. Go get that bag, bud. Yeah. You know, you deserve it. And the one, the last point I want to make, dude, is this. This amateur, this concept of amateurism, right? People who get to play at Ohio State are not amateurs at their craft. They are not. People who work hard enough to go to the opening or to get recruited at this level have probably put more blood, sweat, and tears into their craft than you have to yours. And I know that they're younger, but, like, Quinn Ewers is not an amateur quarterback. Right. You know what? I, I don't know how to explain that. And and the, the, the thing that I do think is kind of funny on the flip side is that a lot of recruits will reach the height of their marketability while they're recruits. And I'm very curious how that's going to all pan out because there's a lot of people who are out there who, like, was there ever any more eyes on uh, Mike Weber than when he was about to flip to Michigan at the end? Yeah. That's right. Even and that, and that's somebody who was even successful at Ohio State. Think about how many players from a 2018 class never like came in and um, did anything. And I, I don't know how those people are going to um, monetize their money, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you get to a point in your craft where people know who you are, whether that means you scored a winning touchdown in the Michigan game or became a five star recruit when you were 17, you are no longer you've you've exceeded your field. And you deserve to be compensated for that. And age is irrelevant because there are eight-year-olds who review toys on YouTube right now who have, and I'm learning this as a, a, a soon-to-be father, there are 
children who review toys on YouTube mm-hmm. and get millions of hits and their parents collect like million dollar checks from YouTube. It's like there's no such thing as an age. There's no age correlation between that and being an expert or a master at your craft. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can make the argument that a college athlete is a ma- master of their craft. Does this mean that every kid who commits now is going to do the Jaden Woodby thing where we sit on a live stream for nine hours waiting for him to announce, but now we're watching that live stream and yeah. just scroll at the bottom telling us that Big Macs are two for four ninety nine? Well, I don't know that you can when you're – you can't do it when you're in high school. So, like, it's a th- – there are a lot of murky rules that are going to change because I think it's also insan- insanity to say – to an 18-year-old freshman, okay, now you can make money now. Yeah. But if you're an 18-year-old <laughs> high school student, who are you to tell them when when they can make that money? Right. Like that's going to be the next domino that falls. And it's like interesting. Like let's just come up with a random recruit that played that was a, a, a of interest at Ohio State at any given point. Like LaChristian Blue Smith just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Blue Smith was a. I drove to Pennsylvania to watch that kid play. Yeah. There, that was a big deal when he was a, a recruit out of Dayton Wayne. That's another kid who had a Huber brand Hi- before all this stuff started. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he had—I don't know what his—I don't remember what his brand was, but he had these videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like the height of Blue Smith's um, marketability. Marketability. Thank you. Was the week before he committed to Ohio State, mm-hmm. and telling him he can't get paid until he's in college is dumb. He's already achieved his name, brand, recognizability when he was a 17-year-old. I don't think that anybody has the right to tell him he can't get paid when he's 17. Because he's not. like, like, So it's just like that line is going to draw, um, is going to change in, in, I don't know whether it'll be a year or 50 years, you know, at the NCAA and the the state legislature level. I mean, you can maybe all be a senior citizen by that point. But these are all things that, like, you have the framework of the right direction, but we're still not there. Yeah, it and like gonna, it's yeah. gonna it's gonna take years to to start trying to find these things. But it's like if Les Wexner wants to pay Max Ray a hundred thousand dollars to go to Ohio State, how are you? Who who is anybody to tell anybody that they can't accept money because they're good at football yeah. at any age? I agree. It makes no sense. I agree. Why, 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 why can you get paid when you're 18, but not when you're 16? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And I, I and I, I, so I'm happy this is happening because in some, in some, in a lot of senses, it feels like a a wrong is being righted here. Like why? I don't know why we're limiting the earning potential for this subset of the population. Because people forget to the their high school rules. Amateurism. Yeah. Aren't there high school rules? If you accept money to play for a high school or while you're in high school, don't you lose your high school eligibility? Eligibility. I like LeBron James almost lost his high school eligibility because he was driving around in a Hummer. Yeah, and he got like that West Unsell jersey that he was wearing at one time, and it was like he's ineligible now. It's like okay, <laughs> he's going to make ten million dollars. He's an okay. he's ineligible. <laughs> it's yeah. insanity. Yeah, it's like, and I think in 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 thirty years when you tell your future kids or children of that age that it was against the rules for them to get paid in two thousand ten. People are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Right. <laughs> right. Like, if LeBron James is good enough at basketball that somebody wants to give him a freaking Hummer when he's 14 years old, then give him the freaking Hummer. Yeah. Trust me, LeBron James made that money back. <laughs> right. right. And if somebody wants to give a 14-year-old a Hummer and then that guy does nothing, then you're an idiot for giving him the Hummer. Let everybody else decide how they want to spend their money and earn their money. It has nothing to do with you. Yep. I want roosters now. I, I do, too. Okay. I think we could wrap up there after that, that nice, uh, let's, let's wait to land that. It was good. Uh, still waiting on JT Tui Malowal. 
as of uh, Wednesday afternoon, he has not yet committed, but uh, I think Ohio State remains in a good spot for him. Um, and I think the month of July could be interesting for commits for Ohio State now that the month of June has wrapped up and they got all their camps and all their official visits in. Um, two commitments came out of that, but I think more are on the way for the 2022 class and beyond. So we'll be talking about that moving forward as well. Thank you guys for listening to 4 to 6 with A&B. Happy to be back. Phil, I, I, I was I had some serious FOMO last week with Ari and Wendy, so I'm glad to be back doing this with you guys. I'm excited for what Ari gets to observe and see and write about at the Elite 11, and we'll talk about that next week as well. Until then, thank you for listening. Thank you.